Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The baptism of Jesus, what does this mean? We see the epiphany of God's glory in the heavens opening, the Spirit descending as a dove, and the voice of God the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He is the suffering servant of Isaiah, the incarnate Lord, who has descended from his throne on high to identify with sinful humanity, and in whom God the Father delights. He is the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity who begins his public saving work in his baptism in the waters of the Jordan. At the inauguration of Jesus' public ministry, which would culminate at the cross, an empty tomb, we have the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit active in the economy of salvation for sinful humanity. He comes to identify with a sin-damaged and death-destined race. We are people who are caught in a corrupt world. We are people who are corrupt by nature. We are damaged goods. Corruption is all around, corruption is within. And into this corrupt world and corrupt human race, Jesus enters in solidarity to provide the way for cleansing and renewal. This is the Father's will, and Jesus will finish the course that he is committed to run, that race, to the cross and to rise victoriously from death. When he comes to John, John resists his request to be baptized because he recognized that this was the one that he had prepared the way for. He was the one whose sandals he was not worthy to stoop down and untie, even though he was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. This was the one who would baptize with fire and with the Holy Spirit, whose winnowing fork was in his hand, who would, who would bring cleansing and judgment on a world of sinners. John says, you come to me, I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus urges him to participate in the saving plan. He says, let it be for now to fulfill all righteousness. Just think of that. He who is perfect did this to fulfill all righteousness. He needs no baptism of repentance, but submits to it in our place for us as our substitute, as the true man in his perfect act of obedience to the Father. This is a very brief event, but it's very, very significant. What does this mean? Jesus is stepping out of obscurity into full public demonstration of his person and his work in the world, in the baptism in which he identifies with sinners. Luther commenting on this says, Jesus is saying to John, if it is that you baptize me that poor sinners may come to righteousness and be saved, you must baptize me. Because for the sake of sinners, I have become a sinner. I must therefore do what God has charged the sinners to do in order that they may become just through me. Just think of it. Here Jesus, the perfect one, God in flesh, 
becomes the sinner who bore the sins of all sinners as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's radical. By submitting to the baptism of water, Jesus shows his willingness to look upon the burden of sinful humanity and to assume it. By baptism with blood, through his death, he shows his willingness to translate that into a finished deed. His baptism makes our baptism powerful. What does this mean? In our baptism, we receive the Spirit of God who creates faith within us. We are united with Christ through baptism. We participate in his death and his resurrection. We receive complete and free forgiveness of all of our sins. We are totally identified with him in his righteousness because he totally identified with us in our sins. What does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. We are called as the people of God to daily live in repentance and in the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Daily we are to walk in our baptism, confessing our sins and trusting that for Christ's sake, we live as free people cleansed and renewed from our sins. And daily we live in victory because of the cross and the resurrection of him to whom we are joined in the waters of baptism. I am baptized. It is no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. This is God's remedy for arrogance and self-dependence, dying with Christ in baptism. It is God's way out for those decisive moments of temptation, that flash that comes to you when you say, I can't do that, I can't go there, because I am baptized, rising to new life in Christ. When tempted to click on that web page that is like pouring acid into your soul through your eyes, what should you do? Is your power sufficient to resist it? No, it will not do. Confess. I am baptized. When you find yourself distressed by the corruption in the world, spiritual warfare, tempted by sin, maybe fallen into it, the devil accusing you, the world mocking you, and the flesh working against you, confess, I am baptized. When you discover in the community of faith that you have offended a brother or sister in Christ, repent. Make it right because you are baptized. When you are stressed and overworked here at the seminary or in the parish, make it right and remember that you are the one who has been baptized into Christ. And you can claim that when you are under stress and pressure. When life has beat you up, say with Luther when he was in distress, I am baptized. I am Christ's. Remember, he has claimed you as his very own, and you have eternal life as his gift to you. So when you're living and you're dying, remember whose you are. And hear the voice of God the Father saying to you, as a child of God, 
You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.